SIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Georgia Ben and Father Rob Gallia, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, episode 11. And we're uh, here today, we're going to talk about an interesting topic, something that we know very little about, but a lot about at the same time. We're going to go through the scripture verses, and we're going to talk about being a godly parent. Alyssa, how are you doing? I am good, thanks. How are you, Father Rob? I'm doing well. I feel like there's so much going on in FIG ministry. We've um, finished our Holy Week retreat. We're in the Easter season. We've just released a podcast, a different podcast with um, Father Don Calloway, an interview with him, which was really awesome to do. But now we're back to our reg- regular schedule. So it's, it's very good to be back. Yes. And uh, we have, uh, I, I enjoy studying for this podcast. I've, I've been um, sitting down studying for a whole lot of things with FRG ministry. Like we, we studied a lot for the, the um, retreat. And now I'm studying for, we, we studied for this podcast, but also we have great, some great online courses. Like at the moment, I've been studying about the Holy Mass before the scriptures, now the Holy Mass, because we have a course that's coming up that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about that too. I can't wait to hear about all your study, Father Rob. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> well, yeah. So during this course, we're going to talk about what the Mass is and, and not only that, but why, why do we do the things we do? Like why do, do we open a corporal? Why do we process up? Why does the priest wear different colors? Why do priests do and people, why do we stand, sit and kneel? We're going to discuss all of this. And I think it's, it's going, I think once we understand why we do the things that we do, that brings new life. But anyway, if you would just pray for us as well as we, we do this course, we have a film company coming in to film things. It's going to be really nice and exciting. Um, and other things we're studying, I'm studying for is also another program that now we're working with Shalom TV. And so that's going to be another whole series that FRG Ministry are doing together um, with Shalom TV. So that's going to be viewed by millions multiple millions of people across the world every single week. There's a lot of study. Oh, amazing. So good. <laughs> and plus the tours, yes. And then we're also going, I'm, I'm, heading, I'm in Townsville, just back, and now, um, and then going to different places all the month. We're, we're traveling, yourself and your husband are coming with me, we're with us on tour. We're traveling to regional Victoria. We're going to Queensland, in, which is another state in Australia. So lots yeah. going on, lots to talk about. Well, yes, so a lot of lots of doing, but it's such a privilege that we get to do this for Jesus and get to influence people for Jesus. Okay, so I think what we'll do is we'll go through the scripture reading Let's of today. Get stuck into today's gospel, so um, it's the Good Shepherd, and I learned so much in while I was studying for this podcast, and I can't wait to share all of this with you. So this week's gospel reading it comes from the Gospel of John. It's chapter ten, verses eleven to eighteen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. 
I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. God lays down his life for us, the good shepherd, Jesus, the good shepherd. Jesus is the ultimate good shepherd, but as in everything that when Jesus defines himself, he asks us also to follow in those footsteps. He asks us also to, to be um, the good shepherd as well, to be good shepherd to other people. And so the scripture explains to us how we are to do it, how Jesus does it, and how we too are called to be this good shepherd. Yeah, and I think something to... Um to note, which I, I discovered when studying for this, is that there's lots of shepherd imagery in, in scripture. Um, and so the shepherd, it's an image that's used frequently for leadership in the ancient world. And so it depicts God's people, which are the sheep, and their leaders, which are the shepherds. But the primary leader is God himself. And we see this throughout scripture, through the, throughout the Old Testament, and then coming to fulfillment in the New Testament as well. So if we see God as the primary leader, Psalm 23, you know, it's a very common psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. That's right. <laughs> Love um, that. I mean, I, it's at every single funeral. It is. I sing it many times. <laughs> and what's the? And then you have the Corinthians one that's at every wedding. The, yes. The Love, Love is, is patient. patient. Love is kind. <laughs> Those are the go-to ones. Beautiful scripture ones. Yes. But... Very good. And But then also, you know, the prophets depicted God in this way of a shepherd also in, in Isaiah um Chapter 40, verse 11, it says, like a shepherd feeds his flock um, in his arms. He gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom, leading the... Now, Father, you might have to help me with this word. Yes. What? Um, uh, 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 ewes. Ewes. With care. <laughs> but we see God as a shepherd. Uh, ewe is a, um, an animal. I would say so. So, so small, something small. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a ewe is. We'll have to Google it later. Um, but then also... The leaders who God appoints are also called shepherds. And we see this in, in our priests and in our pastors as well. But the people under their care, they, they belong to God. They don't belong to the shepherds themselves. Yeah. But, you know, when human leadership fails to care for God's sheep and, and leads them astray, it's for God to judge. We also see this in the book of Ezekiel. So Ezekiel accuses authorities um, in Judah for their failure here in, in, in leading their flock. Um, but God responds in chapter 34 of Ezekiel saying that he's going to put a stop to these people shepherding these flocks and God himself is going to come. Um, and then there's other texts in the Old Testament that talk about God appointing a faithful shepherd in the lineage of um, David to care for his people. And when Jesus uses this imagery in this passage um, about himself and his message, um, this is, you know, we see this coming to, to fulfillment, don't we? There we go. Yes. You, you're on a preaching mode. Didn't really? That's <laughs> really good. No, I, I, There's a lot of theology there. I'm trying to process. I'm trying to process. That's really it. good. I love it. But uh, that, that's what it is. Yes. And that Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. He is the shepherd. But we, um, as, as his ministers, are called to shepherd on his behalf in persona Christi. And this is our, our privilege. It's our honor. But 
Um, what does it mean to shepherd in the person of Christ? First of all, yes, traditionally we look at this as a priesthood, but it's not only the priesthood. It's it's the parenthood as well with kids. It's it's a teacher with their students. Yeah. Now, this is pastoring and leading people as a pastor is so... In, in doing that, we are called to reflect the love of, of Jesus. But ultimately, what is the purpose of being a pastor? It's it's about feeding the people. It's about leading them to pasture, leading them to a place where there is flowing waters, where the Lord is my shepherd, he shall lead me into pastures. That's what it is. So as a pastor, as a priest, as a parent, your responsibility, my responsibility is to give people Jesus, is to give people the sustenance, the food that they need for the journey. And ultimately, the greatest gift as a pastor, as that any parent, that anyone can give, is to lead people to Jesus, the source, the summit of our faith. And if you want to put it simplistically, but yet powerfully, it's ultimately to bring your family, to bring the people to the Eucharist, to the source and summit of our yes. faith. So that's what, and that's why um, the priesthood is is seen as the ultimate, in, sen- in a sense, pastoring, because we um, bring people to the source and summit of the faith, through Jesus, through the Eucharist. But with this comes a responsibility. A pastor wasn't just sent out with the sheep at no cost. They had to, literally, they were responsible for the life of the sheep. If anything happened to the sheep, they were responsible. And so it was interesting. it's interesting that even from the book of Amos, it says this, that when they were sent out, they, if, if a sheep was attacked by wolves, which happens sometimes because they would have sheep that go out for weeks and weeks, and the wolf would attack or a lion would attack the sheep. And what the pastor had to prove that, that they were eaten by a sheep. Yeah. Uh, sorry, eaten by a wolf yeah. or eaten by a lion. So they'd have to provide evidence. It's interesting what Amos says. Yeah, um, so that it, what, what, they'd have to provide like a leg. Is that yes. right? So two legs if it was eaten by, by a lion. So they had to literally prow the evidence out of oh the mouth of a lion. So if, if the lion was there, they, they had to have proof. So they had to, again, risk their life also for the evidence. And if the lion was about to eat the legs, they'd like, stop, anything but the legs. And he'd pull the legs off and to try and prove and if it was eaten by um, a wolf, they had to provide an ear. Yeah, wow. This is I what the Book of Amos says. That's really cool. But like we were talking before this podcast, and Father had pointed out also this is, um, we see this in the Old Testament as well in the story of Joseph. Mm. Because Joseph um, and his 12 brothers, his brothers went out to kill, well, they were responsible for him, just like the shepherd is responsible for the sheep. They, um, they put him in a ditch and they, right. they and went they, to they Jacob and said that he died. But they brought... They bought the evidence. They bought the coat. Yes. Stained with blood. That's right. And so they needed, because ultimately they were the pastors of, they were responsible as brothers, as older brothers. They were the pastors of their younger brother. And so if he did die, they had to provide evidence that he was attacked by a wolf or attacked by a lion. And so they brought his Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it in musical terms. And they gave it to to the father who was devastated, of course. But the evidence was necessary. And in order to provide that, um, in order not for the sheep to die, um, they would lay down their life. And this is full, like, this is not only in this context. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the way, the truth, and life. When he, Jesus says, I am the shepherd, I am the gate, at night, they'd go out for weeks and weeks to try and find pasture. And uh, what they did was at night, they'd create a fence. 
and the shepherd used to be the gate. So if a lion came in or a wolf came in, they had to go through the gate first. So the first person, the first being to die would not be the sheep, but would be the shepherd. The shepherd. But you think, well, what, well come on, it's, it's, a, it's a sheep. Like, uh, surely a human life is more valuable. But surely, again, if you're going to put it in that context, the life of God is more valuable. Yeah. But yet he chooses to lay down his life for us mere sheep, mere, like, in, in less significant, you know, although we have the full significance, full love of God. But how amazing is this? That God loves us so much that he dies for us just mere sheep, mere, <laughs> I don't even know what to compare so it to. So incredible. And I think what I find whenever I study for these podcasts is the imagery that we see in everyday things like a shepherd and their sheep and how that kind of correlates with our faith and how God loves that as loves us that just blows my mind every single episode like i think it's yes and it happens so often you see that that priests and nuns and and parents lay down their life for their sheep and you have it um, for example um a, a, a mother laying down her life for the child to mm -hmm. be born even though there's risk of of her her dying there's priests um romero you know celebrating mass giving them mass at all costs even though he uh, in fact was shot and then during in, in the prayer of consecration you have this recently, I was looking at the news, you know, that picture, I don't know if you've seen it, maybe we can um, put, put this up on, on YouTube, but this uh, picture of, of in Myanmar, the nun that runs, she ran up to the police who were attacking the people and she kneels down there and she's saying sort of, don't, please, I beg you, um, don't, don't, um, don't kill my people, don't kill the people. At the point where she ran to the front where she could have so easily been the first person shot. Yet she did it. So there are still, even today in 2021, parents, priests, nuns, uh, uh, laying down their life for, for, for their sheep. And this is something so beautiful. And that shows that Jesus, the good shepherd, is still among us, still working with us yes. and, in, and through us. Let's talk about um, uh, the, the, the hired. The hired man. Yeah, there's a bit of a contrast here between the hired man and the good shepherd. Like the hired man wouldn't call... Um, the sheep his own or by name, like he's just interested in himself. You know, he works for his pay. He doesn't really care about the sheep. But the the interesting thing is how how different the hired man and the good shepherd act when the danger comes. Um, so that we, we see in this passage, danger comes from the wolf, which is the main threat to the sheep. And if we kind of compare this to um, Jesus, I mean, the principal opponent of Jesus is the devil. Um, and tradition has interpreted the wolf as the devil who seeks the complete ruin of humanity. What does the hired man do? The hired man abandons the sheep and the wolf catches them and scatters them. But the good shepherd is selfless and courageous because he lays down his life for the sheep. We were talking before also, you know, that the shepherd would lie at the gate so that mm. the wolf would have to come through the shepherd first before he yes. would. But the hired the person will think, no, no, oh, I don't get paid enough too bad, for this. I'm going to run away. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that brings about a, a danger, not only from the outside of the wolves, but a danger from the inside. In, in the sense that the sheep are not really secure. They're only secure in as much as it benefits the pastor, mm -hmm. as much as it benefits the shepherd. And this is really dangerous. And this can happen within the priesthood. It can happen within parenthood, um, whose hearts are not there. It could happen uh, anywhere as, as pastors, you know, that people do this for the wrong reasons, that they don't lay down their life. And maybe they did do it for the right reason initially, but eventually their heart slowly gets corrupted. Their heart gets gets lost and they start to do the right things for the wrong reasons That's right. until and uh, until it starts getting tough and then you, you know you know who the real pastors are 
Um, but this is uh, this has happened in the church leadership, and again, I bring it up, and I often bring it up. It's the abuse in the church. You know, mm-hmm. this is why were those priests in the priesthood when they abused children when they abused others and it's not only children even other adults they took advantage of people why were they there they ended up being hired workers it's i'm i mean in it in as much as i can benefit from it exactly and, to, and there's an a, a sort of a, an abuse of power there's an abuse of authority and there's an abuse of the image of god which is the worst thing like that's crazy every time someone's gonna these people are gonna think of god in the church they're gonna think of the negative the abuse and all of that and how horrible, how dangerous it is on the inside to have hired hired um, shepherds. And so this is why we need to fall down to our knees and come back again, come back to our first love, come back to the, the shepherd, Jesus, who is the good shepherd. Oh, I couldn't have put it better myself. We need to, yes, pray for our, our priests and our, our leaders, definitely. Mm. And again, this is in families, this is everywhere. And I'm not only talking about abuse, but it's, uh, we can so easily lose um, the, res- the God-given responsibility of being pastors, leading people to the pasture, leading people to Jesus. And I think one of the things, the difference between the hired past- pastor and the, the the person who lays down their life is that because they would spend weeks with the sheep, like they'd go out in the image that Jesus was giving, they would know them by name. They would be their company. They would be their friends. They would be people, the sheep and, and the, the um, shepherd. And that's why he says, my sheep recognize my voice because they've spent like, what, six weeks out on in the fields, in the pastures, and all they had was each other's company. Yeah. And so they'd know each other by name. But they'd also carry something interesting, um, which... A, um, a crook. A crook. Yes. And, and then we see that like emulated today, like our bishops carry um, a crozier, which is kind of like it's meant to kind of signify like the, the shepherd's crook Do you know why the crook was curved on the top i'm just thinking like you see this on the youtube i'm trying to like do a, a hand movement but is that if the sheep's running away they can just yes. grab their legs and pull them in yeah or from the neck actually oh, the neck. Okay. So, <laughs> so the crozier the, or the the crook was like literally they if they would go out of the fold well they'd be walking in the wrong direction probably ignorantly not knowing yeah and so the shepherd would just grab the crozier the the crook around put it around its neck like it's like a hook and just turn the sheep around <laughs> and they'd walk back into the fold and this is. This Can you imagine is, that happening at mass? I'm just oh thinking, my goodness! I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wouldn't happen. But that's why the the bishop, the arch, the, the bishop of a diocese, holds a crozier. And oh yes, it's all gold and whatever. But um, th- that's what it signifies. It signifies that they are the shepherd to bring people, to bring the sheep back into the fold. Yeah. And so that's also responsibility. It's not only leading people to the pasture, but it's also leading them away from danger. Correct. So being able to speak out when there's something wrong, to speak against injustice, to speak against wrong teaching, to speak against things that lead people astray. And so how we need to pray also for our bishops and our priests also to have courage to speak out when there's something wrong. It's yes. not only leading people and to, to good pastures, but also speaking out when there's when they're, they're being, their people are being deceived or moving out of the fold. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, it's getting good. <laughs> um, something I wanted to bring up as well. Jesus talks about um, he had other sheep that um, he had to he'd, he'd come for that do not belong to this fold. Like we'd seen in scripture, you know, Jesus there was solely for the Jews, but then it's kind of like Jesus has had this revelation. You know, he's not just here for the Jews; he's here for later generations of believers. So we refer to these 
um, as the Gentiles. So, you know, Jesus leads these sheep um, just like the present disciples listen and follow. So will future believers listen and hear his voice? Um, yeah. And I think this is also while you're saying this, this is so important that um, Jesus, yes, has his sheep. And that was the imagery he used in this image. But later on, uh, even as scriptures diverse, and he's alluding to it here, is that it's not only sheep of his flock, which is, is strange because this would be contrary. Like, who would? Like, there were, let's say there are two flocks and there's one shepherd with one flock and another shepherd with another flock. And he's saying, hey, actually, I'm the shepherd of that flock as well. But the other, the other flock is saying, hold on, I don't belong to this flock. I belong to, to this one. So what he's saying is that he brings all all people together. And it will be interesting to understand why, because you see, the Jews would have seen God um, as, as something exclusive. Only I, only the Jews can have Jesus. That's only right. Jews can have God. Only the Jews can have the Messiah. He's saying, wait, hold on. It's not just the Jews. It's everyone. Everyone can come to me. And... And and because everyone can come to me, and because God the Father is Father to the Jews and even Muslims, you know, at the moment there's a Ramadan being celebrated, and we pray also for our Muslim brothers and sisters as well. But because Jesus said He'll bring them to the flock, He'll bring them by His mercy, by His grace. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. But we are all brothers and sisters because we are all. In the image after the likeness of God, we are all created and live and move and have our being in Christ. And so that's why Jesus will make the world one. Only Jesus can make the world one. When we recognize that we are, and that Jesus is our Father, that the Father is our Father, that Jesus is our brother, that we together can be of one fold. Yeah. Um, and Jesus also says, you know, he lays down his life to take it up again. What does that mean? Um, it doesn't end at the cross, you know, Jesus' self-gift. Um, it doesn't end in death, but in the glorified life of the resurrection that he invites us into when we mirror mm. that um, self-sacrificial love that we see in all of our vocations. Yes. And uh, again, we're called to do the same. We're called to lay down our life. But when we do, if we do lay down our life, we will be, we will rise again. We will have an eternal reward and award. So and God does it voluntarily and we're asked to do it voluntarily as well, to mm -hmm. lay down our lives voluntarily. This is a good shepherd. And some of you will have seminarians in your parishes um, and they'll be giving their vocation story. So this is exciting. I always love um, good shepherds because Sunday. Sunday I don't need to preach usually, yeah. but I will on the online mass. Okay. I should get a seminarian eh, to preach on the online mass. But anyway, no, probably have to do it Maybe. myself because I'm oh. on the road. So it's very difficult to do it at the moment. We'll work it out. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's just... Um, uh, Take uh, Have a break. two second break. If you break. enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional, and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students, and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible, and more, with new courses being added regularly. 
For more information about enrollment and subscription options, head to courses.org. So check out our online courses. This is very exciting. We just also released a subscription level. So it's actually cheaper than the courses. So every month you can subscribe and get access to all the courses every month. Or you can get a yearly subscription and we'll provide more courses as we go along. As we said, we have new courses coming up. We also have a school subscription. So check that out parishes as well. Parishes as well. Parishes, schools and parishes. So we'd love to get you on board um, with the courses. Okay. Dad joke. Okay, so today's topic, we're talking about being a good parent. So a dad joke that matches. That's okay, perfect. Sort of, sort of. Uh, anyway, couples. Let's talk about couples. Why do some couples go to the gym together? I don't know. <laughs> because they want their relationship to work out. Oh. <laughs> it's such a joke that's up Father Rob's alley, don't you think? There's always a, a um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Always a, a point about the gym in yeah, every, yeah, every podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just came from the gym actually this morning. I was there this morning. I skipped and I, it. And I know it's Again. Ramadan because I went to the gym and I go to a, a gym where there's, it's predominantly Muslim area. and It was empty. You would have loved it. Yeah, I loved it, but it was like I was wondering where's everyone, and because it's Ramadan, they can't before sunrise or sunset. Oh, I thought maybe because they need to save their energy. Yeah, yeah, serve energy. Maybe they're at the gym at four in the morning. That's I don't know. Possibly. Anyway, but yeah, so that I don't know why that came to my mind. Okay, so we're going to saints. Who do we have this week? We have Saint Mark. So. He's a patron of a lot of things, actually. Um, patron of Venice, patron of barristers, lawyers. What else, Father Rob? Opticians, pharmacists, painters, secretaries, insect bites, and lions. Insect bites. Next time I get a mosquito bite. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you can pray to Saint. I Mark. will. I will. Um, so we know he's the author of the Second Gospel, um, believed to be John Mark, referred to in the Acts of the Apostles. We know that St. Mark joined Paul and St. Barnabas on their first missionary journey to Antioch in, in around 44 AD, but he left the group early, so he was kind of refused to join the next journey to Asia Minor. But we do know that he visited Paul when he was in prison. He was very close to St. Peter. Something that was really interesting, though, he wasn't actually one of the 12 apostles. Oh, which I didn't, I, I maybe I forgot or I didn't know. I don't know. I know Luke wasn't an apostle. Forgot. But also Mark wasn't yeah. an apostle, yeah. But he was, um, we have said this in a podcast before, he was present at Jesus' arrest in Gethsemane. He was the guy who ran off naked. Mm. And um, that's a, also, I love the significance of that, is that all his security had gone away. So like, yeah. They took everything away from him. They took Jesus, they took everything. Whew. So he wrote a gospel, and this gospel was written um, between 60 and 70 AD. He's often depicted as kind of writing or holding his gospel, and we know that Mark is the shortest gospel. He's writing for a persecuted community. Um, I think we have some Gospels from Mark coming up in a few episodes. It's scattered throughout this season, yes. I think. And it's interesting the way it was written. The Gospel of Mark was written. It was written in a very poor Greek. So we can tell that he wasn't as educated as Luke, who was a doctor, for example, mm. and um, even Matthew and and John. So you, we can learn a lot about, we do know quite a bit about St. Mark. So anyway, St. Mark, pray for us. Pray for us. And his feast day is April 25. So, Ooh. We're in season. We're in the season of St. Mark. Born, uh, interesting as well. He was born in Libya. He was born in hmm. Cyrene. So it's the same as Simon of Cyrene. So he would have been um, darker than most as well. Um, in interesting um, 
and a lovely guy, Mark. Um, I, how I wish I'd be as saintly as him. <laughs> we could be as saintly as him. Topic of the week. This week. So we've alluded to this a little bit throughout the podcast, being a godly parent. I'm not a parent. Neither am I. <laughs> but Hopefully soon. We'll see. <laughs> yes. We'll pray for you. Yes, pray. <laughs> um, so this is uh, also um, throughout this, we're going to have just a few, a couple of interviews, which you'll hear a, a little just in a moment. But I think there are just five principles that when I was even working with, with couples and working with families, uh, five things that I see that make a holy family. And the same thing that we have the great and the holy family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, th things that they had and things that we are called to imitate as well. Let's talk about these things and then we'll go to the interview. Sure. The first thing is that you need to pray together. Okay? If you A family that prays together stays together. That's uh, Mother Teresa, that beautiful quote. That um, w th th there needs to be not only a, a, f a physical, even in a between couples, physical intimacy, but also um, an, a spiritual intimacy. So as seeking the Lord together. Two, dedicate your family to the Lord. You know, there are things that we are in control. We can control our two-year-old or three-year-old, but when they start four, less control. <laughs> and when they're 14, even less there control. You go. Yep. So this is why we have to continue dedicating the family to the Lord. Another thing that we need to do. Um, we need to serve God together. Hospitable. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that you promise in your marriage, that you'll be um, open to life. And open to life is not only children, but open to to be hospitable, open. And also in the, the nuptial blessing, if you ever heard that, is that we pray that you will be hospitable. And that um, and, and when we when a family looks out and serves others, the poor, the community, they become more oriented towards God and a happier family as well. Oh, definitely. I, I know I know friends who do this and I've definitely seen it. Something else families should do is they should worship together, you know, attend mass together, go to the sacraments together, but also reading the Bible. Um, perhaps maybe something they could do is each week, like we, we talk about the upcoming gospel reading, maybe the middle of the week before mass, read the gospel as a family. And then, you yes, know, you've... So kind of opening your heart already to what God might be wanting to to say to you on, on the weekend. Yes, and or praying the rosary together or mm -hmm. even a decade of the rosary or even um, making sure you pray before meals and things like that. So these are things, making sure that you, you also have your prayer together but also worshipping God together within the community. That is so important. We cannot, a family is a great community. It's the, um, the heart of the community. But again, shouldn't be isolated even in worship, that it should come together with a, yes, online mass at the moment, and make sure you gather together with the online mass. But if you are not in lockdown, make sure you get to mass, yes. get to the community, get to the source and summit of our faith, get to Jesus in the Eucharist. And final point, I guess, is um, your marriage needs to come before your children. And it's a, it's a, we see this happen a lot. Like when, as soon as um, parents have children, like everything becomes about the child, all the parents talk about other children. Um, but then when the kids grow up and the kids are gone, the couple have kind of lost that connection. So it's yes. really important that um, yeah, you'll, you continue that um, fostering a, of the relationship between your spa uh, with, yes. between spouses. Exactly. And so th this is, uh, it doesn't mean you don't look after the children. It doesn't mean you don't lay down your life for the kids. It doesn't mean you don't put the kids first in a sense. But if you, as a husband and wife, are not loving each other first, 
the children don't have an example of what it means to love. If the, if you're not um, are working as a team and you're not on each other's side, then it's going to be difficult to parent, to discipline and all of that. So even that, that's also bringing up the children, but also your commitment, you promised to lay down your life for your husband, for your wife. And you didn't vow that for your children, but that comes automatically yeah. as in parenting. But make sure husband and wife first, and then out of that overflow of love, then and and overflow of holiness comes the holiness that you have and the strength and the joy together you will have to bring up your children according to the heart of Jesus. Awesome. And I'll just add one little thing. Um, as we said, we've got the Holy Family as an example as well. I think keeping faith at the center of our lives, not just a Sunday or occasion faith, but at every moment, like how can we bring our families to God? So we said before that we have a couple of little interviews. I have some beautiful um, friends who are mums and who inspire me daily. So um, I asked them, what does it mean to be a godly parent in 2021? And so we can hear from them now. So firstly, we'll hear from Jess, who's a beautiful friend of mine, who is a mother of two. Then we'll hear from Roxanne, who's another great friend of mine, a mother of three beautiful children. And then finally from Michelle, who is a mother of nine children. My goodness. And, yes. and their, their husbands still <laughs> exist. They do, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll hear from them um, right now. I try to lead by example as much as I can. I take my girls who are six and three to mass when I'm able to, and they see me spend time with God by either praying the rosary or reading daily scripture. My eldest and I pray together before she goes to bed. We want to teach them to love Jesus. We try to make sure that when they do something wrong, we center discipline around Jesus, asking if their actions are making his heart happy or sad, and making sure we teach about forgiveness and also offer forgiveness. As a parent in 2021, we are restoring our daily lives to the tasks and rituals that we took for granted before the turn of the events of 2020. These words from the New Testament have resonated with me over the past year. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 This passage is such a reminder of how God gave us the grace to journey through last year through something none of us had ever experienced, and even now continues to empower us to keep moving forward, especially as parents leading and supporting our children. Fear was so much part of our thoughts of the past year that it's hard to shake the experience so to continue to move forward. But the power of his love and our choice of self-discipline is such a grace to overcome this and be a witness to our children. We were overloaded with so much information and opinions of others that it was easy to lose sight of God's ultimate plan for us. Our goal is to ultimately live eternally with him in heaven and as parents to raise our children as saints. Through dying of oneself as parents, we only have the cross to lean on, to help ourselves and our children's fear, disappointment and uncertainty that the pandemic has brought. The joy of the resurrection that we have just experienced this Easter radiates through this darkness that we have endured in our daily lives. Though our family life as parents may have changed in some areas, the power of love that is understood universally is how we need to embrace this change in our lives. What graces from God will we see in our family if we can just take that fear and turn it into small gifts of love and self-discipline that at times the world does not understand and that by little by little our homes become lighthouses of love and life for the world to experience.
How I can be a godly parent in 2021? First and foremost, leading by example, showing your children how you live for God and put him first. They learn what they see and you have to be that example. Praying with your children is a must, making it a point at least once a day to offer time with you and God in prayer and teaching them that you bring all things to God, your fears, worries, questions, but even your thanks for the blessings you have received. Also loving my children with no conditions as God loves us, reminding them of the infinite mercy and great love he has for us. And most importantly, showing them to unashamedly be in love with God. He has to come first in your life and not to hide your faith and your love for him. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program, where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com slash donate. Once again, thank you to our ministry partners who make this podcast possible for us. Um, thanks again for joining us this week on episode 11. Make sure that you check out our previous episode the interview with father don calloway who wrote the consecration to saint joseph speaking of that book we have a giveaway happening on our instagram if you go to at catholic influences underscore you can find out all the, the giveaway details there we're giving away a copy of his book keep in touch with us on instagram facebook.com um, forward slash catholic influences twitter cath influences our youtube youtube.com forward slash frg ministry also our podcast website, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. Get in touch with us. What, what what does it mean to you guys to be a godly parent in 2021? We'd love to hear from you and um, we wish you all a very blessed week. God bless. <laughs>